Welcome to Inspector Goals, the pod that tries to improve our FPL play through a more analytical approach. Sam, it's been a while, my friend. How are we doing? Yeah, and you kept me waiting even these last 10 minutes. That's <laughs> um, what I love to do, part of the tease. Um, yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. It has been a while. I think it's been... I did a little solo ramble to the camera on my own last week, and then I think... We didn't do the week before that, so I think it's been at least three weeks. Um, but yeah, good to see you, mate. How's um, How's things? Yeah, they're all good, man. Um, I thought you just sort of disowned me because you've logged me out of the YouTube and I couldn't find it on my browser anymore. So I thought you just decided that's it, that's it's enough's enough, and you're just going to go off on a solo project. But I'm glad did to see you've a... reconsidered. Yeah, I, delete, I did it in a rage when Darwin got subbed off early. <laughs> um, how's your actual FPL been going then? Because mine's, I got a green arrow this week for like the first time in about ten weeks, but it was barely one to speak of. How did you get on? Yeah, ex- like exactly the same. I got one a couple of weeks ago that was the last three weeks I've just hardly moved just moved a tiny amount so steadied the ship um, and yeah I think I got a green arrow, arrow by 10,000 places this week which is not a lot um, I got very excited actually on yeah when Newcastle lost their clean sheet because it didn't start a Newcastle defender and the, when it was Darwin that wiped it out that was like absolute perfection for mm-hmm. me and got very excited but yeah I just knew he'd <laughs> find a way to only get five or six points um, and to be honest, I think he did have that shoulder injury. He was absolutely fine by the Tuesday uh, when when they played in the Champions League or Wednesday, sorry. But I think um, I think he would have been subbed off about then anyway. They, they made like four subs in one go, mm. so it might be it might have been fine for him to go off then anyway. Um, but please die on him for the double and that he's fit and back. Um, the rest of my week was like it was fairly it was quite a boring week, I guess. In general, I'd I'd Harlem captain like most people. People who captained Rashford did really well. I guess they were the people who stood out. Mm. I had I had the Rashford points, like most people, but not as captain. Clean sheet from Luke Shaw. Again, a lot of people had that. Um, and Erdegaard and Saka, I guess that's the main thing that got people who didn't captain Rashford. The Green Arrow this week was having having those two. Um, particularly Saka. There's still quite a lot of people who don't have Saka, surprisingly, I guess. Yeah, reviews poster boy is Saka. He's, yeah, he's the main man. I love that guy. Um, I didn't have Trent or Darwin. I was planning to get one of them, um, if not both of them. And I can't remember what happened now that made that news change for some reason. And I didn't do it. But I was still so pleased that they returned because I don't know if you saw my little poll that I put on Twitter where it's like Trent or Darwin this week to come in. And by this point, Liverpool hadn't actually done anything. Mm. And everyone was just like, like, no, you can't do it. Like It's ridiculous. There has to be an answer, which is no. And both of them returned in both games since. And then obviously yeah. we're on to the doubles and stuff, which is what we thought would happen. So it's all kind of the timing's worked out well. So yeah, um, I'm really pleased that they got some points for the people who actually took the, the plunge early. Um, I think I'm going to have to try and bring them in this week as well because I've, I've currently got no Liverpool in my team. Um, and my team is just an absolute mess. I don't know how it's mm. ended up like this, but it, it has. Uh, <laughs> Daniel saying, where's your hair? It's fell out, mate. All the stress. All the stress. Yeah, you're, you're just slowly evolving into Guardiola. <laughs> yeah, could well be, could well be. Uh, now, nah, every now and then, I just get bored and decide to shave my head because I can't be bothered to sort it out in the mornings when I get up at five a.m. for work. So I, it's just pure laziness, to be honest. It grows back fast. Don't worry, Daniel. I won't let this run us forever. <laughs> That's good. Look, you look scary. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for. Scary. I love that. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is what you said there about Liverpool. Obviously, they got absolutely smashed by Real Madrid um, and played really poorly in that game. But I remember it was probably like a month and a half ago now when we we did the pod where we looked at 
yeah, it was like a mid-season review and we looked at the uh, market odds data um, for the rest of the season and like the odds had Liverpool finishing fourth still and we were like really surprised by it and that was like one of the things we were like, yeah, like so skeptical. Well, we weren't skeptical of it, of it because we kind of trust that data, but that was the one thing we were like really questioning. And like now they're up to eighth. They're only seven points off fourth, like, and they've got a game in hand on new on um, two games in hand on fourth. In fact, on Spurs, one game in hand on on Newcastle in fifth. Like it's looking fairly likely they could finish fourth. I think now. Yeah. I would believe I believe that more when I see it now. Whereas yeah, I think so. It just shows like you can so easily be persuaded by. Um, more recent results but oh absolutely I guess the return of Van Dijk is massive for them as well isn't it yeah although apparently I mean I I only saw bits of the game because I was at work so I had it on a phone but um yeah he wasn't particularly good apparently but he's got yeah he makes a big difference to them overall I think because they were a bit of a cluster um without him um yeah not that he's even particularly matters does it for us where they finish but it's just nice to (laughs) see because I mean everyone we all doubt it even us you know we like you say we look at the data and think well I'm not so sure about that it's only natural to think that way um but you know they're still projected to come there and and it's looking a lot better now than it was but for us we don't even really care we just care about what players are going to do what in fantasy don't we and yeah, I think yeah, something yeah. that's probably been. I mean, I've listened to a few pods this week and stuff, and it, and it's probably trying not to, you know, go over what other people do and and be a little bit different. But inevitably, sometimes we have to, I suppose. And I think the running theme that I've been listening to, and I think most people are aware of, is that just Liverpool's attack just maintains the ability to be a top attack in the Premier League. It still is in like the top three or four in virtually any yeah. sample size you can look at, and it's just not changed all season. So. Um, you like to think if they can get their act together as a team in general, that would actually help the attack as well um, in some way. So mm. even if that doesn't happen, I'm fine. If it does happen, then great. And I think, I mean, having two games is obviously just fantastic full stop. And then having two games which, at least on paper, look very winnable or very uh, lucrative for the attacking players mm. um, is exciting, isn't it? So. I see people scrambling around, you know, on Twitter and stuff and, and everywhere else, you know, people taking massive hits to get these Liverpool players in. But I think in nearly all scenarios, it seems like it's pretty justified to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think um, I think even if Liverpool hadn't like, turned it around a bit recently or if, if Liverpool were a team like Brighton or Brentford or Fulham or even like West Ham and they had these two fixtures in a double, we'd be wanting to buy their players anyway. So they're a factor of they're a good tack, a, attack as well. And and a good defence relatively compared to the whole league, although maybe more like a mid mid table defence this season so far. Um, yeah, I think you just always have. You know, we say it all the time. You you can't. I think most people underestimate. Um, yeah, double game weeks in general, and just having that baseline of four points. If you manage to pick a player who's nailed, mm. who plays over six minutes in both, is massive just in itself. Absolutely. Um, so, and I think so. Something some of it going back to what you said about your team. Yeah, it just shows that you can like do a lot of planning to get into a position as well for a double, and lots of unexpected things that happen. And suddenly you're looking at taking a big hit to bring in players, but you you still know with that planning you're in a better place than you probably would have been. Yeah, um, and you'd be looking at an even bigger hit potentially. So, yeah, the Mitrovic thing's annoying, I guess, but for a lot of people that gives them an excuse to <laughs> get him out when they probably wanted to as well. Yeah, I mean it does funnel people, doesn't it? I've seen a lot of that chat as well, but I think for a good reason. I mean, what do I you mean funnel people? It funnels people into into picking the same players, but I don't think that's particularly any different from any other week because I think you know there is generally an optimal move or an optimal set of moves in any given game week, really, on paper. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that different, but 
I mean, it does make some decisions no-brainers, doesn't it? I think we've been ad- there's, there's added things like, for example, De Bruyne, who was an obvious switch to Salah anyway, in my opinion. But the fact that he's been sick from training this week True. just just yeah. add, just adds to it. Um, it's made maybe some people who were considering going without probably doubt that and actually jump on board, which is kind of annoying. But to be honest, <laughs> you, can, you can only really focus on yourself, can't you? You can't worry. There's yeah. just too many other teams you're competing against to worry about what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely true that it funnels people and that there are. Particularly when you, a week like this, which is quite unique, where you've got blanks and doubles, um, like there this suddenly does become a lot more uh, obvious moves, particularly from those players who don't even have a fixture. Mm. Um, but although double game weeks in general push people more towards the uh, the same players because there's a smaller pool you're generally picking from, the gain you get on the people that don't do that is bigger, isn't it? So, you know, if we think a player is a good pick, like for example, owning Salah and captaining him. Um, in a normal week, the chance to gain on the people that don't do that is smaller. So, although the, although we pick less players, the the swings are potentially bigger, which kind of outweighs that mm. um, anyway within a double within a double game week. Yeah, um, and I suppose I suppose there is quite a, quite a chance of um, high variation this week, just on the amount of hits people are having to take, the amount of double mm. people they've got, the Saka versus Salah, and then maybe anyone else who's decided to go rogue. Maybe there's probably going to be a lot of dead teams, I'd imagine, on Haaland that I know we're probably might say we're not particularly competing with them but I bet there's quite a lot of decent <laughs> dead teams in the top yeah. sort of one million which is Harlan Perma captain that have done pretty damn well probably in... quite a few out of me <laughs> yeah exactly oh. absolutely I mean it does feel like that if you pick sort of you know maybe three Arsenal from the beginning and add Harlan captain you're probably halfway there like straight away of being pretty good especially if you had Trippier in as well um, you yeah. know, no, no one sensible's not got Trippier, have they? No, absolutely not anymore. <laughs> um, I brought up on the screen uh, Ben Crellin's fixture planner. Now, I appreciate nearly everyone in this chat probably watches other FPL pods, and they are on. Ev- it's on every single FPL pod, but there's a very good reason, isn't there? We kind of need it, yeah. and bless him for for producing it because absolute legend. Yeah, absolute legend. This is the kind of stuff I was doing on some shoddy like back of a fag packet whilst at work back in the day and now I I don't have to do anything. I just kick back and let the master work. Um so thanks Ben for that. Um yeah, I mean, we've I know the situation um you got a text message. I have. Did you hear that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It could be important. You have, to read, you, have to, you have to read it out. That's the rule. Oh, as is saying, can I can I do a can I do a stream with him? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you should do it as long as it's not right now. <laughs> yeah, just abandon ship straight away. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I've lost my flow. Where was I? Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. It was, uh, well, my my phone. You were talking about you were talking about you were talking about Ben Crellin. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know that we're waiting for this FA Cup game to to fully decide our plan, aren't we? Um, and I've been I've been running solves like mad on review. I've seen other people doing it in the analytics chat, just on Twitter in general. And no matter what permutations and concoctions I come up with, it pretty much tells me to focus on the game week in front of me and wait for that result. Um, and I can't really commit to a strategy. And I think that is just the general advice right now, isn't it? I mean, even mm. if you're having to take hits to make your team pretty good for now, you can't really worry about 28. I have kind of been working off the basis that 28 won't, Liverpool won't play on it though. I know I'd like to think that they would and they can save my free hit for that week potentially. But I think mm-hmm. the more realistic you know, outcome is the fact that um, that game doesn't go ahead. For me, I'd, I'd have if I bought in my three Liverpool, which is the plan, and I also have Mitrovic and Pereira, um, although Mitrovic might go as part of that. I potentially have three, four, you know, five players there for that week if it was to go ahead. Um, 
but I just have to assume it's off. I think because I think the, the, yeah, the, the, the Liverpool one based on market odds is a thirty-eight percent chance that they play that game week. Yeah. So yeah, but so like it could quite easily happen. But yeah, probably and there, won't. there are other but, games as well, you know, isn't there? I think Blackburn could win a game maybe, and they could yeah. force another one on. But yeah, I suppose you have to go with the odds initially, and and it just brings me back to what I said at the start, where I can only really focus on this week and what will be will be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in the cup, sometimes crazy res- I mean, crazy results happen in football all the time. City didn't beat Forest the other week, um, the other yeah. the other game week. But I think in the cup, even more so because some of the teams will just you know heavily rotate um, yeah. out of nowhere. So there's still a little bit of hope, but I think the general message is just we you pretty much have to focus on twenty five, twenty six, pretty much at the moment, don't you? I don't think there's much else you can do. I think there's an el- I think there's an element of like keeping your options open. Like for me, for example, I know that. There's a chance I can get if if Liverpool don't play in 28. There's a chance I can get through that with that through that without a free hit. So like that, I think that probably has affected my. I don't know if it's actually uh, made a difference to my outcome in terms of the transfers I've actually made, but it's definitely affected my thought process in terms of thinking. Oh, what? So for example, I'm probably going to bring in Ollie Watkins for Mitrovic. I'm pretty pretty certain. Like what the part of the thinking there is, that I know he definitely plays every week. Mm-hmm. So if I manage to like save my wild cards. That, well, he's a player that makes that more likely, even though that's probably overall an un, or save a wild card and free it, even though that's an an unlikely. It's unlikely if that does happen, it makes it more likely still. Yeah, and he's still um, got immediate but, decent fixtures as well, right? So yeah, it kind of serves yeah, yeah. both purposes. Yeah, no, I, I completely yeah, yeah. understand that. Um, but there's a, there's like an there's an element of like thinking a little bit long term, but like you said, we for all we know, we could end up wild carding in 27, for example. Mm. But that's a, definitely a possibility for me anyway. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, if you knew that, if we knew that was definitely the case, suddenly you'd only have like be thinking about two week, two game weeks when you're making your transfer decisions, and that changes a lot. So it's, it's mm. a bit of a, it's a little bit of a balancing act. But yeah, I think you just have to focus on the short term because you want to get points in the here and now, no matter what you end up doing long term. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I do want to. We're going to talk through some, stra- you know, some strategies that we're thinking of, and and other people probably are, just because I mean. That's the whole. That's the whole reason. There's no point just saying focus on 25, and that's that. It's nice to have um, some general thoughts and some speculation in your head at least. And like, so I suppose not surprisingly, because I've potentially got eight players out this week, li- literally eight. So I've got Shaw, who's obviously not playing. Dunk Trippier in my defence. Mm-hmm. I've also got Ake. We'll get to Ake in a minute, but I I don't think he would play tactically in this game um, because okay. so the fact that Laporte's injured. Um, or sorry not injured he's sick um, sort of puts that a little bit more in doubt that maybe he could play but potentially he doesn't so that's four of my back five might not play this week right I've then got uh, Rashford uh, I've got Bruno Fernandes and I've got Tony so that puts me at eight players and Mitrovic which I didn't mention so that's eight players that probably won't play it could be six like Mitrovic and Ake could play but it's definitely six to eight now I have got two free transfers. So um, originally, without the Mitrovic thing, I could have taken. Um, I could have used two subs and just played with ten, like potentially if Ake was to play, or I could have taken another hit, taken Ake out, maybe got to eleven, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded that. So it's going to be a minus four, minus eight if I wanted to get for eleven players. I thought that was okay for this week. Um, <coughs> that, that was yeah. fine. But now suddenly with Mitrovic out as well, it's pushing me to the realms of minus twelve. Um, so for me, when I looked at maybe putting in free hit for this week and run it through the soles, it actually comes out pretty well 
it does pretty damn well across the whole period and I've sort of run it to game week 32 because I think I don't know how you feel about this but to me wildcard 33 just looks like the best strategy overall like mm. it may not work out that way and I do think there is considerations for other weeks but the wildcard in 33 sets up the big bench boost in 34 or 37 and a lot of the teams that double in 34 or at least three of the teams I think and good ones like City, Spurs and I can't remember who else it is now off the top of my head might double in both of those weeks in 34 yeah. and 37 Arsenal so, as well I think is it Arsenal as well so loading yeah. up and 32 is a bit of a blank as well isn't it so the fact you can kind of almost mm. dead end into 32 wildcard into 33 get loads of those those players who then double in 34 and 37 and set your bench boost up just seems too powerful to me it seems yeah. like the optimal set. so to navigate and on top of that sorry mate go on on top of that um yeah, I guess you would you use a free hit in 28? Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So I'd have to navigate all the other weeks with just the one free hit. So so for me personally, mm. then I look, well, which which week would give me the most benefit out of 25, 28, 32, and 29? Because they're basically all the blanks and doubles pretty much. Um, yeah. And 25 comes out pretty good. It's pretty much 25 or 28. I think 32 is pretty much if, because we don't know the fixtures 100% right. So that's the other part of 32 is we can wait because the fixtures might be a little bit different than we expect them to be. I've gone with Planet FPL's predictions, so shout out to that pod as to what he thinks will be on in 32. And it looks fairly grim, especially if you sell Arsenal players for loads of doublers in 27, 29 and stuff, then suddenly you're sort of struggling. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's grim regardless, 32. So it's almost something we might have to grim and bear it. But like I say, the fixtures are potentially more interchangeable and, and less known at this point. So for yeah. me, the free hit makes sense that I would do in 25 or 28 this week. And considering I just said I've got eight players out, like that's where it comes down to my team. Like for most people, I would say do not free hit in twenty five. I don't think it's a particularly good idea. I mean, even my free hit team is like Sariba, Iwobi. You know, it's just full of <laughs> players I don't have the utmost confidence in. If I was to do it, but you generally did consider it though, so you might have free hit this week. Well, I still might at the end of the day. Oh really? I, I, I oh, still, wow. I still could. Um, I probably have to make the decision tonight. I think because a lot of the players that I'd want are going up, and then I can't. Wow. I can't do my moves, but. It's probably going to be 25 or 28. The most, the more realistic scenario is I take hits this week and then I free hit 28. And then that would put me on the strategy of free hit 28, wild card in 33, bench boost in 34 probably or 37, in, which I think is the generic strategy probably for most people. In, 20, in 28, if, if Liverpool play, mm-hmm. Liverpool and Fulham and the others just fall as expected, mm. how many players would you have for 28? Uh, I'd have to look at my souls, which I... Okay. Cancelled when I shut down my computer. I of course, it depends on your transfers as well. Yeah, um, but it would be okay. It would be manageable. I think it would be sort of nine, ten, and maybe I could take a hit to get eleven. It wouldn't be the worst in the world. So I guess that's why you're thinking about maybe using a free hit now, because if then Liverpool mm. do, if that does fall favor favorably, suddenly then you think, oh, when am I going to use it? And you might have missed your best opportunity. I guess that's yeah. the whole process. While yeah. you're talking, I'm going to try and load it up as well in the background, see if I actually saved any of them. I really hope I did, but. Yeah. Because I saw that Tom from uh, who got the assist podcast as well. He's he's free hitting this week, um, and I was really surprised when I saw that because I've not seen, I'm not seen, apart from you now and Tom. They're the only people I've seen uh, mention it. But when I read Tom's thread about it, like it made perfect sense for his team. So yeah, it 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 is more than ever this year. I think because there's singles and blanks in the same game week this week, and then there's a lot of doubles and blanks. Um, I think it is more team dependent than normal. I think the majority of seasons prior to COVID basically before that season generally there was like one really obvious chip strategy mm. and I just you just wait see what Ben Quellen tells you to do and then you do what he says 
and it works for most the vast vast majority whereas that's the one thing i'd say like as general advice i would like you need to put quite a bit of time into actually thinking it through for your team yeah. and that's where like fpl review can be helpful um in actually predicting points i like the fpl team app as well which yeah is, like, i only discovered that this week which would be really great to visualize really it. good really good yeah it's really helpful it's run by a guy called peter on twitter but it's, for people who don't know what that is, it's basically similar to the transfer page on the FPL website. But you can skip forward uh, game weeks and build up your transfers so you can see what your team looks like in advance without having to write it all down or to remember it. Yeah. Um, so, so I think more than ever, you, like, you need to do that. And in terms of practically doing that, I think when I've, like, for example, ran solves on FPL Review um, this week, I've, like, I've run it in like a few different scenarios. So one, I've because you can edit as well the unconfirmed fixtures mm. i've like run it with liverpool as a that fixture is definitely happening in 28 and see what it recommends save it as a draft or write it down mm-hmm. and then run exactly the same thing but liverpool 100 not playing in that game week see how it comes out and then you can see if there's any overlap in transfers that therefore are there any moves that make sense in, that are safer because they make sense in both scenarios which is like my watkins move for example um so i think you really need to kind of weigh up i think that's the main scenario isn't it that what happens there um so there's just there's just i guess a lot more to think through which but it means for players like us who are, who are engaged who are, well nerds <laughs> um have more chance of uh getting advantage basically yeah i would say so i mean a lot of the people that are in just sort of like friends mini leagues and stuff have, have messaged me random bits like saying oh what should i do this week and whatever i've already used x chip x chip and a lot of them have just spanked chips all over the place and i just there's not an easy way to tell them that they're absolutely fucked, is there? But you <laughs> try and land out. No. Um, yeah, another... It's difficult if you've used... <laughs> if you've... Particularly a wildcard, I guess, that's the main one. You... With a free hit, I mean, you're going to lose out on a lot of points, but if you've already used a wildcard on your free hit at this point, you're like, yeah, yeah you're absolutely screwed, let's be honest. A few, a few of them have used their wildcard, to be fair. Um, I, think, I think the other strategy I do kind of like, and I know um, there's reasons not to do it, is the 27, 28, 29. So it's a wildcard in 27. So then fr- yep. free hit in 28. And you don't have to free hit in 28 because I ran that solve as well where you can you can just wildcard in 27, not free hit in 28. And it's not a massive loss. And then you bench boost in 29. The bench boost on 29 would be slightly weaker if you don't free hit in 28, but not not particularly mm-hmm. weaker. It comes out really well on myself. Like that was the top level of expected points across. But of course, that's because I'm using all of the chips in that period, and yeah. my other solves are coming with the chips used from 33, 34 onwards, right? And I already yeah. talked about how powerful that is. So as much as it appeals and does solve a whole lot of issues, it just you know you, you can only go to a certain horizon on review, can't you? So you can't see the the negative effects later on of that of that impact. Yeah, I, I actually think, you know what you said there about how you can wildcard 27 and then not free hit. I feel like if you're going to wildcard 27, then you like you just should. like It makes so much sense to free hit in 28 as well. Mm. Not just for, not just for 28 in itself, but for the benefit of in 27 and 29, mm. particularly with Brentford and Brighton. So you can, again, it depends on your team. I've only got one player from Brighton in my team, no Brentford players, whereas you've got two from Brighton and Tony. Mm. Um, but so for me, for example, I could go into 27, well, it means I could use uh, use my transfer up in 26. So again, that's like an extra transfer when I would have rolled in 26. Wildcard 20, so that's already one. Wildcard 27 and suddenly have, probably realistically you'd have triple Brighton and Tony and maybe one other Brentford. Raya or me, maybe, yeah. Yeah, probably three. I don't. I think it's unlikely you'd have six from those two teams, but possible. So you'd like, we'd have a really great team that game week. 
it doesn't matter that they blank in 28 and then you go into they both have really good fixtures again Brighton Man United Brentford Bournemouth in 29 like so I think you get a lot out of those two teams uh, in particular uh, the other two teams that double in 27 aren't appealing at all really it's Palace who there aren't any particularly appealing assets plus they play Man City in 27 as one of their doubles mm. uh, and, and Southampton who for obvious reasons we probably don't want players from um to be honest, I think well, I don't think anyone's going to go for Southampton players really in twenty seven. No. I think well, I think uh, I've seen a few in that, well maybe one in analytics with Ward Prowse who's done who's done a well for sure. him. So I think that's about yeah, the only yeah. the only viable one. But the, the other benefit of doing the sort of hidden benefit of doing the wild card free hit and then bench boost in twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, and you don't have to bench boost in twenty nine, of course, mm-hmm. um, is a lot of the players that you bring in for that period. Uh, I think you end up with about seven or eight doublers already in place for the later rounds of 30, 33, 34, 35 onwards. So yep. although I've just said it's so powerful to use it in 33 because you can get closer to the perfect team for there, you're already kind of halfway there. So you potentially could luck out in 32 in terms of the games that are there or the doubles in 34, 35. It might be quite easy. Like we say, there's not many injuries in between mm. that period, between 29 and between 34. Potentially you can use a lot of your transfers to get close to what the wildcard team would be in 33 anyway. So you actually gain the benefit in both in both periods, if that makes sense. So it could end up, in hindsight, being one of the stronger strategies. You just have to rely a lot more on um, sure. well, essentially decay, right? The fact that your team decays across um, because you know you can't know who's playing, who's injured, etc. in the future um, for 100% certainty. You're definitely a really interesting wildcard 27 in terms of um, single game week players. So, for example, like Brentford and Bournemouth, sorry, Brentford and Brighton players are obvious um, because of 27 and 29. Uh, but then in 29, Arsenal play Leeds. And obviously, generally, you probably want, you want to have Arsenal players at the moment. They're the best for the second best team mm. in the league. Um, but it would suddenly be tempting to get, maybe go with only one or two Arsenal players because you want to play doublers in that game week. So that's interesting. Um, Man City probably doesn't actually matter too much because actually, realistically, at the moment, we probably only want Haaland. Um, most people anyway um, and, and Liverpool's quite interesting as well because they've got a really good fixture in 27 they've got Bournemouth um, you then free hit them out this is if they blank in 28 remember and then they've got Man City and Chelsea in a double so again it's just quite interesting because it's a double but it's one of the worst doubles they could possibly have mm. so I just think there's loads of there's lots of very interesting decisions to be made in 29 uh, sorry on the 27 wildcard which means at 29 like that could be a huge week in terms of 29 is going to be absolutely crazy yeah you said like yeah, yeah. a lot of the teams variation yeah there's there's virtually every player in the game is like a decent pick in that week you know yeah. you know there's going to be a lot of benches that are tempted to bench boost even though they've only got single fixtures i mean i yeah. looked at my potential team on fpl team in 29 and i think my bench ended up being like Pickford and Tarkovsky which isn't the best in the world but they're home to Spurs like you know home game Sean Dyche could be okay and then I had like Gabriel and Saka on the bench home to Leeds <laughs> and it's like it was it was something like that and, I, um, yeah. and then I had another version where I had Haaland on the bench which is ridiculous just because he's got one game home to Liverpool and I could have had you know Tony up front who's got a, who's got a double um, I can't remember who else it was uh, Felix or Brennan Johnson have both got very good de- decent games in there you've got potentially got Watkins as well, Solanke's got a fantastic double, so you might well, yeah. you, you might get to a situation like I might not I might not bench boost in twenty nine. I might stick to the thirty three thirty four, but I'll have a team on twenty nine where I'll have no doubt that my players on my bench will be getting some points. Like there's, yeah. you're definitely going to get something wrong there. 
Like, and the thing is, there's like no chance that those players are going to come off the bench either. Or it's so tiny no. because the players you're playing have got two fixtures. Yeah. So even if they're rotated for one, surprisingly, unless it's an injury, they're going to probably play the next one. So it's very, very unlikely you even get those players off the bench, which in some ways makes the, yeah, which actually makes, again, the bench boost more appealing because it's frustrating <laughs> if you bench boost and then you'd have had those that player's points anyway because someone else is rotated. Yeah. But that's unlikely to be the case. So that in some ways makes it, well, it does make the bench boost more powerful that week. The fact that it's four extra players' points you know you're going to get that you definitely wouldn't have got, or highly unlikely you would have got compared to a normal week where maybe you would have got one of those players' points anyway if you didn't bench boost. Yeah, um, one, one of my top lines at the moment um, is is taking a lot of hits this week. Um, yeah. Using the free hit in 28, that's fine. But then I could actually bench boost in 29 and what's been described to me as a naked bench boost, essentially not even having to set it up, just going in raw and just using the bench boost because my team would be so well set up if everything went well. that I'd have yeah. 11 doublers in my team, potentially one or two doublers on my bench and then those two singles. And that's because <laughs> stuff like um, a lot of us have got the likes of Kepper or Pickford and people like that who um, end up having a double. And then it's quite an obvious purchase of Raya, I think. Um, yeah before that in 27 right which sets you up for 29 or Sanchez yeah yeah, or, or Sanchez yeah absolutely um, and we've already been through the Arsenal even if it's a single game is, is fine um, yeah. so you could potentially just bench boost in 29 with like a really good bench um, and then when you use your wild card later for 33 and you set up for 34 and 37 you don't need to focus on the bench as much you can literally go full yeah. out in the team which I That's think in other, other seasons would be more useful because I think the budget was a lot more restricted and this season it seems a, a, lot, a lot less, right? You can probably get away with a ridiculous bench even at that point, just spend a load of money on it. Um, yeah. But it's a consideration, right? Because, you, you know, you never know by that time. We could have, for example, I don't know, well, Spurs and City and, and a lot of the teams with a lot of premiums could all be firing. We could have Kane, Salah, Kevin yeah. Devoy, a lot of like the premiums there and maybe you it is actually benefit not to focus on your bench in those later weeks. So it's... Yeah, like in, th- in 34, you could have, um, well, Liverpool are going to be doubling, I think, or probably yeah, Tottenham doubling. Fulham, yeah, probably. Yeah, possible, yeah, possible double. It could be Liverpool's. So you could, by then, really want Darwin and Salah. Um, if um, Man City double, which is likely, it'll be Fulham and another team potentially. So you might want Haaland. Then maybe you want De Bruyne as well. You probably maybe even want Trent. So it could be like, you know, it changes so quickly for those last five or six game weeks. You might want like three premium, pre, pre, excuse me, premium players. It's hard to predict, mm. um, but it's definitely possible. Just just because there's doubles, suddenly makes all the teams more attractive and the better teams even more attractive. So, uh, yeah, Spurs like again are a likely double game week. So you might end up having Kane. Like, the, yeah, I can see that's the first time I've really thought about that. Actually, what you've just said there in terms of free hitting twenty eight without the wild card. But bench boosting twenty nine as well. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, definitely an interesting strategy. And if, yeah, I think you're you're right. There'll be loads of bench boosts in, in twenty nine, and free hit in twenty nine would also be like really tough. Um, it's potentially a week where your free hit can end up costing you points, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, it is. Like you, you're free hit, and you'll have ultimately you will have a better team than most people. But there are so many good fixtures for like the Arsenal players. They could just that could bite you. Arsenal could beat Leeds five nil, and you have no Arsenal players in your free hit because they only play mm. once. Well, Haaland uh, as well. Haaland's classic. Home, home yeah, to Liverpool. Like, I don't think he's a he's a guaranteed buy on a free hit just to be home to Liverpool. No, but I think no, given Liverpool's defensive 
you know, <laughs> displays so far this season and Haaland at home in general. I was looking, is it is his expected points in that week is still pretty damn high as you'd expect. Kane's got, Kane's got Everton as well. <laughs> yeah. And if I I can tell you now, if I was free hitting that, I would end up with 11 doublers because mm. I can't resist the upside. In fact, last 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 year, my free hit, I had 10 doublers plus Salah because it was because Salah had an incredible fixture. Um, but apart from that, it was all doublers. Like I didn't consider anyone else apart from Salah. And I, I think this, I'd just be really similar. I'd have 10 or, 10 or 11 players who double and... Yeah, the, the fixtures are so good for single players. The gap's smaller than usual in comparison to the doublers, yeah. and it could be an absolute nightmare. I think like, 29 is going to be the biggest chaos week of the season, quite clearly, I think, just in the sheer variation that we're going to get on strategies, on on players, who, how many doubles people have got, what the scores are going to be. Like It's just going to be all over the place. It would be like 36 last year. Yeah. That, was, that was the equivalent, wasn't it, when De Bruyne... Uh, scored four against Wolves and like Salah did nothing and there was a huge yeah. split in captaincy and some people bench boosted some people didn't some people triple captains some people didn't it was just like so many of the big players there were big swings in either direction absolutely um, and I mean, like some teams got double clean sheets <laughs> and some teams who got neither clean sheets we expected at least one it was it, yeah so if you have a week like that you know already there's going to be more variation if there's suddenly a load of variance in that week and loads of surprising results it can yeah like you said that can be absolute chaos um, so it means your free hit can be absolutely sensational, but it's just, yeah, I, I wouldn't feel that confident with my free hitting compared to the benefit in other weeks. A lot Particularly of the, the benefit of like 28, where you know there'll be people playing eight or nine players. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one of the easiest way to guarantee positive EV is to, is to have extra players than people, isn't it? That, I mean, that pretty much, not, Yeah. you can never get any guarantees, but if, you're, if you've got five players versus 11, then the 11 players is going to win a hell of a lot of, <laughs> of the time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the other thing about 29 is that I think if you don't set up for it, or even if you do, a lot of the a lot of your players will end up playing each other in that week because you've got, for example, Brighton who play Bournemouth, um, they play Brentford, sorry, who we've you know given 27. The fact that you'll be getting Brentford and Brighton players in, they then play each other in 29. So um, you know you potentially have got defences versus attack there. You've then got Newcastle, which are playing Man United, which are generally popular full stop across the board and will be popular from that point onwards as well at certain points. Um, you know, Rashford is hard to let go, isn't he? Trippier as well. So they're playing each other. There's a lot of teams playing against each other, which, you know, it's it, it could just throw up all sorts of chaos and it doesn't feel instinctive right. So if you're on a free hit, I think looking at someone like West Ham, you know, bringing in Bowen, for a home Southampton, home Newcastle kind of appeals, and it's the kind of move I think probably will, people will probably do. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I can't wait to get there, but in the meantime, <laughs> I've got to sort out my shambles of a team. Yeah, in fact, what you just said there actually kind of reminded me about Man United and Newcastle both doubling in twenty nine, particularly Newcastle. The fact they play in twenty eight, and um, that's the kind of move where because we because we don't know yet if we're going to wildcard in twenty seven, and that's still a possibility. Like that makes holding Trippier or holding Rashford, for example, like more appealing if you can do it and a lot safer. So, for example, for me, I could have got um, Alexander Arnold in this week, but my only way was to take an extra hit, and that also meant selling Rashford. Um, uh, probably for Bailey as well, who's someone I don't even know if they're nailed or not, and it just suddenly that's a lot higher risk in terms of how that could then turn out, or it could end up mean our wild carding. 
he couldn't force me into a wild card when otherwise I wouldn't have to. Mm. So like I've managed to keep keeping Rashford's quite a nice thing actually I think. And again keeps him more open. It's the same for people who are able to keep Trippier, although it's not necessary. Um, I would just like sell a pair like Shaw over them though, for example, who again is in the, is, is in the United team and doubles in that week as well, but isn't as important as Trippier is, for example. Yeah, unless you're using chips to bring Rashford back, which is fine if it's planned yeah. out. It's really quite annoying, isn't he? Because he's got the blank, he's got a way to Liverpool where I think he could do okay in that game. Like I'd play yeah. him if I had him, absolutely. But it's yeah. that little period afterwards with Southampton at home. Yes, he probably blanks in 28, but that's probably going to be covered by three hits. Then you've got a double of Brentford, Newcastle, and then <clears> Everton <throat> and Forest. So it's just that little period there where going without Rashford is, is incredibly scary. Yeah, because even if you free hit him in 28, ultimately that's another week. You, you don't have him from 29 and you only have one transfer as well. Mm. So, yeah. Are you likely to sell Rashford then, Luke? I don't think so. I mean, I, it, it has come up on my um, on my plans to, to get rid of him and to bring in like Sariba or um, an Everton midfielder. And I think that's I think quite a lot of the analytics crowd are looking at that. Mm. Um, and I understand it. There's extra games and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just I find that hard to let go. I've not quite, I've not quite made it to that level of like enlightenment where I can just let go of certain things and uh, letting go of Rashford just feels very very tough. Yeah, but, yeah. The value I don't, I'm not really too bothered about. Like you don't have to get him back for a start, and things. I mean, he could get injured tonight versus Barcelona, couldn't he? For we know, but. Um, yeah. You know, the value is a thing at the end of the day. It, it will have a, a, some sort of impact, even if it's not massive this year. It's still, he, he's gone up quite a lot, and I expect he'll continue to go up to Burns after this blank. I think you'll just see people continue to buy him pretty much week on week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've just checked the score, by the way. He's not gone off injured. No need to panic. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quite nice, actually. Him being injured would be great for you because those people still own him, and you could eat them in easy sell. Um, they're 1-0 down, by the way. Lewandowski's so 3-2 down in aggregate. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, but you know, Bruno's a really easy sell for most people. He's just an easy cash cow to get Darwin or Salah, isn't he? So it's not really the same conversation. No. And also, he's just not on the same level as an FPL asset. Like, no. They're probably, like Rashford's slightly better and also cheaper. He has been, he's been great these last few these last few games. And I think even playing yeah. out on the right, he surprised me how, how good he's been. And I think he's been great in general since Ronaldo left, hasn't he? But... Good, yeah. and, and the price is better than it's probably ever been in previous seasons but it's just it doesn't work for him at the moment because he's competing with the likes of Salah so it's just an easy swap isn't it for now um, yeah I wouldn't I, be surprised if I think later on when I was looking at myself like especially um, for the Man United double in 29 Newcastle Brentford and then onwards for that period like I said Everton Forest he started to appear again very very quickly for me so I think I'll, I'll go back to Bruno uh, eventually yeah yeah nice I think um I remember, again, uh, we've talked about this so much, but in terms of players being underpriced, like Rashford was one of the main ones at the beginning of the season. Mm. We were like, oh, we get why they've reduced his price because he struggled the last couple of seasons, particularly last season. But ultimately, we knew he was a striker who could score like every other game. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's done it before and he's done it at a younger age and it's, now he's like it's 25, fun. is he? Something like that. Yeah, so it's, it's funny like, how that works because historically, FPL have been quite poor, I think, of bringing down people's prices who were really good in the past. I mean... I don't want it was to... very extreme with him. Yeah, it's, it was incredibly extreme with him, I suppose. It was more of an outlier that season, I suppose. But someone like Sterling, for example, was banging in 25, 30 goals in some seasons and then you know, started to get rotated and, uh, and all that. And he still maintained an incredibly high price. It's only probably this season where he's come down like 
significantly, but again, it's still not to the level of Rashford. It's nowhere near the you're level. You were six point five Rashford as well, not even seven, because no, he had those no. eight. He had those eight million. Mid- I think he was maybe seven point five the year before, was he? Or was he as high as eight? Might have been eight. I can't remember now. But like you had like the whole eight million midfield, the discussion at the beginning of the season, which was like Foden, Saka, Bowen was eight point five. <laughs> That's like the opposite, isn't it? Bowen was just based on last season, really. Mm. Like he was, he was great in the championship, but his last season was like his first great Premier League season, and he was like straight away eight point five. Mm. It was like a reaction in the opposite direction, which probably meant he was slightly overpriced. If they probably should have both been seven point five, or maybe even both been eight or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It's, it's a hard job. It is a hard job, but it is, it we, is, we've been yeah. over it loads. I just think the pricing's been really low across the board this season. Um, True, ben... but like all quite good relative to each other. Whereas Rashford wasn't rel- even relative to other no. players. Rashford was way too low. He, he was an obvious one if he ever just started playing playing again. Essentially, that was that he went was down to six point three at one point. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, ben Akel says he's just subscribed. Thank you very much. If anyone is in the chat and uh, has not subscribed, liked, commented, all that jazz, then we'd be very appreciative. That would help us out. Yeah. Yeah, we've got loads of questions on Twitter as well this week. Um, Do you want to start firing awesome. for him? I will get to the City team, by the way, guys, in a bit, and my prediction just for that. I've got some graphics up. I don't think City are in high demand at the moment, I th- for obvious reasons. Um, you know, There's lots of other teams to focus on, but I will cover it because I think people have still got City players and they want to know if X player might play and stuff like that. So we'll go over that at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it makes sense to do the questions now as we're talking through this because most of them are about the fixtures and players with doubles. Um, so I'll just go through them, with it, through them in order. And anyone in the chat as well, by the way, stick them in there and we'll see them. We'll try and cover them if you want. Um, yeah, yeah, please do. Um, the first one's from FPL underscore Abe, as in... Abe Simpson, granddad Simpson. Gotcha. Um, already got Salah and triple Arsenal. I've got one free transfer. Would you do Kane to Darwin? For me, that's like a, for a free transfer. That's just a, that's a definite yes for me. Probably depends on a few things in terms of like what you're planning to do in the future. But Kane doesn't double in 29, and he doesn't double before then. He he possibly uh, is quite likely that he blanks in 28. So I think you can sell Kane now. And like it's not that unlikely that he'll score like two or three goals in the next two or three game weeks. But I think because of the upside of having the double from Darwin Nunes, um, and then if you don't wildcard, you can then free hit and then have him with another double again. I think that's well worth it. And then what you can potentially do, think about what you can do with that money in 26 and 27 in terms of maybe that helps you bring in uh, a Brighton asset or get Tony, for example, for a cheaper striker um, also. Absolutely. It's, it's just a no-brainer to me. He could easily yeah. score home to Chelsea, of course he can, but... I think I think the obvious one you, you said right there is you can switch to Tony the week after straight away for home to Fulham and then he's got the double. I know he's on this yellow card thing and the ban and things could change, but if he doesn't um, pick up yellows and stuff, you can literally just sell Darwin straight away after this week. You don't need to carry Darwin beyond this week particularly, you know, especially if you think yeah. they're blanking 28, you can get rid of him. Um, yeah, that's, that's a possibility for me actually, mm. is that I might sell Darwin even next week. Yeah, same. Um, because I want Tony... Uh, uh, I, I want to keep Watkins. Uh, I want to keep Haaland. So he's, you know, to, to do Tony for his double in 27, it kind of feels like I might as well just do it next week instead because Darwin's got Man United and Darwin, sorry, yeah, and Tony's got Fulham. Mm. So just doing it a week early might just make sense. Uh, Absolutely. Kind of... Or alternatively, if he really wants Kane, he can just go straight back because they're Wolves and, and Forest. I know that it doesn't work yeah. for me because there's no doubles and he's got the blank, but the fixtures are good around that. And, you know, I mean, the end of the day, if I said Wolves, Forest, Forget the blanks, you might free here. Everton, Brighton, Bournemouth. That's not a bad run at all, is it, for Kane? 
Oh, it's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's a good run. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah doesn't doesn't fit the narrative of the doubles and stuff. So hard hard to hard to fit him in. I haven't owned him all season, but if I owned him, it's um it's quite a tough sell. I think overall, it's just for this week, it's a, it's pretty much a no brainer. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've owned him all season either. Uh, can't remember any him before the break. That's why we're doing so badly, Sam. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> well, that and a few other reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I um, yeah, I think I think you can sell Kane. Yeah, Q Kane Hattrick against Chelsea. Yeah, he's got a form <laughs> for that. Yeah. Um, David H is. Oh. <laughs> it's a completely random question. Is Gradana is Gr is Grana Padano a worthy substitute for Parmesan? Um yeah, absolutely mate. It's really similar. Strong tasting, hard Italian cheese. Go for it. What did you just call that? What is it? Grana Grana Padano. It's I think like I a, think I've seen that on a bag but never attempted to pronounce it. I just yeah. eat, just eat whatever's in front of me. Well I thought Gradano <laughs> I thought Grana Padano was the name of a player I'd not heard of when I first read the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought because I just hadn't probably looked at it and I was like Grana Padano who does he play for some obscure like new January signing I hadn't I hadn't realised was fit <laughs> Billy read the word substitute in the tweet as well um, <laughs> anyway nice question um, yeah I think we're very happy with non-football questions sometimes it breaks it up nicely um, this is a really good question from FPL Gromit as in Wallace and Gromit do you change your play style as we enter the administrative part of the season love that administrative i.e blanks doubles fixtures uncertainty and chips what tips can help us make better and more robust decisions during this period what are your thoughts mate oh god that's a, you change the way you, yeah, you change a, your style that's a hard loaded question um i don't change my style particularly i think like i said about the narrowing thing i think i probably more heavily rely on what what seems the most optimal transfer than I would in other weeks. A lot of the time I'll look at what it is and then maybe make a decision out of four or five and, and often not go for the top line. Whereas I think here, mm. every time you don't go for the more obvious one, you're probably having a knock-on effect later down the line. So if anything, I would follow it slightly more closely. And I just, I, yeah. I, I'm just a, a believer that a volume of fixtures um, for good players is, is going to win out most of the time. It doesn't always work that way, but um, you know the maths that you say it should do. So I'll continue to do that. Um, and always mm -hmm. look for volume of fixtures and therefore there's always obvious paths so I think I probably just narrow get even more narrow minded and, and, and follow the, the sort of top top optimal transfer not not necessarily that review says or whoever but just like we've discussed many times the obvious transfer is usually obvious for most people whether they use a model or not to be honest yeah 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 for me like my playing style doesn't change in terms of uh what I consider when making a decision, but probably like my process changes more. So essentially, I put a bit more time into thinking about it because it's just more complex with that, the blanks and doubles. That's definite, yeah, yeah. Like I put more time into it, and I probably I spend more time thinking about different things. I guess like there's way I spend way more time thinking about minutes than I would do in other weeks, mm -hmm. uh, just because it, they're harder to predict around double game weeks, and mm -hmm. there's more European football. I mean, that's always important, but probably that's even more important. Um, and then when you mean, if you mean the right at the end of the season, like game week 37 and 38, I would start to make decisions like that are not optimal if I've not hit a target. So I, I like in terms of the main mini like league I'm in, like that's my genuine, that's my main priority. And usually you try and win that by just getting as many points as you can. So it doesn't change the way you play being in a mini league. But like game week 37 and 38, 
I would genuinely, if I was like 30 points behind in that mini league, I would captain someone who I don't think is the best captain just and hope I get lucky because that's my only chance. And I think people like, if it doesn't make a difference to you whether you finish 120k or like 200k, but you just want to get in the top 100k, if your rank's like 180k with two game weeks to go, like again, I think it's fine to make that decision. Like it just depends what your goals are. You have to, and that's at that very, very late stage, like that might be your only chance of finishing there. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of the season, I just try and get as many points as I can. I wouldn't think about mini league rivals um and things like that so that's that's probably the only way it changes in terms of actual playing style yeah completely agree um john harris is bang one in the chat if you don't mind me reading it out quickly oh, yeah, go for it. That. Go. uh well not so much a question he's just basically said that he's liking the wild card 27 strategy um it allows you to set up for 29 uh, and it saves the bench boost for 34 yeah i looked at that as well that came out really well on my review when i looked at reviewing the souls that one came out really high like my computer's about to blow up that's why we started late because of the amount of souls <laughs> i put through on my machine that one did do really well the only thing with that is what is the fact that you, you're using a bench boost so far away from the wild card and you know that you just think shit happens in this game right that that that's the concern with that strategy i guess but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was imagining you like in a basement just surrounded by computer screens <laughs> you're not far off man I've got three screens here on this computer setup at the moment where Mrs. has been studying for one of them as well it's like um, drinking loads of coffee sleepless nights <laughs> oh brilliant anyway yeah that's, yeah that's a really good point and yeah one of the reasons why I like that more now as well um, we've got another question as well in the chat from FPL Zahar good to see you mate um, selling Reese James for TAA with a hit is it worth it um, yeah I think that's definitely worth it if you can do that for free sorry not for free it's for a hit isn't it but if you can do that without any other moves and you've already made your other moves you can just do that straight away for a minus four um, I think yeah I would do that this week and I think that it kind of comes back to another point like you'll sometimes see people ask those questions say for example um, FPL Zahar if he'd or she had already made that move um, already taken a minus eight. Some people would phrase that question and say, "Oh, but it's for a minus twelve. And it's, you've got to remember, it's not for a minus twelve. It's just in isolation. It's just another minus four. So you've got to view each of these in isolation uh, as well. Each hit. Yeah, easy, easy move. I think. Because so many people say that, don't they? Like, oh, I've got to do this yeah. move, but it'd be again, it's a minus twelve. Same as me. Like... I potentially could take a minus twelve this week, minus rather than a minus eight. But if I'm selling Mitrovic, who I assume gets zero for a player who maybe plays two, or a player like Watkins or something, or who sets me up even though it's one fixture it does set me up long term I have to look at it in isolation don't I yeah scary things happen when you assume Mitrovic will get a zero <laughs> the thing with Mitrovic is he is either getting zero or he's he's starting isn't he he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't subbed on once this season in fact he hasn't even been in the squad he's either been in the squad and started or he's not been in the squad and that's been the way all season so yeah yeah um, I, th- I think if you if you've got him and you're comfortable as in you're not bothered and you want to keep him long term, then he's an easy just play in this game and hope he turns up. The thing for me is Fulham's games afterwards aren't particularly good and we quickly probably need to sell him, especially 27, he's like, yeah, home to Arsenal, not a great fixture. Potentially a blank or away to Liverpool, you know, and then there's just no more doubles after that. So it's, um, you know, you you could argue for free it was a a worthwhile transfer this week alone. Um, Yeah. But I, I think... Sorry, mate, go on. No, it's just home to home to Wolves is still a good fixture, isn't it? I, you know, don't get me wrong. I'd yeah. I'd love for him to just start and and play, but 
when you add an uncertainty, I don't think you can beat yourself up. Like we all joke, and I'm always on the joking, you know, Silver's lying and this player's players, and I made this move and he did play and whatever. But you have to act on the information that you've got, don't you? You can't just say, oh, you know, because that happened last time, it's going to happen again. The information we've got is it's likely that he's telling us he's likely he's not going to play. Mm, so, fact- yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree, but I would just like, I don't know, I'm more nervous with Silver. Oh, just absolutely. He, they've I, done it before. So, like, you, you have to take it at face value now, but also you'd be wary that they've lied about him before. Oh, absolutely. And, like, last time it was, last time it was, like, very clearly, like, I can't remember the timing, but his press conference was clearly after their last training session, and he basically said he's not ready. Like, it was pretty clear that they made a decision, and then he just started. So it was quite clearly just tactically he wanted to lie to try and gain an advantage. Yeah. Uh, like this, we know that he definitely didn't train with the the whole team in yesterday's training session. But I wouldn't be surprised if he trained today with the whole team. And he, he, just said, said, he said he was on the field. He was just doing more yeah. individual work. But sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if he just lied about that and he was with the whole team today. And they know he's going to start. Like genuinely, that wouldn't surprise me that much because they've done it before, Fulham. Um, yeah. But it's not enough for me to keep him. No, I, I suppose it's the whole thing. Yeah, I'll be annoyed if he starts, but then he's got to start do well. And Darwin yeah. not do better as well. I need all yeah, of yeah. that to happen for it to be, end up being a bad decision. And sure. that seems a bit even, of a stretch. So for you, even if, say, Mitchell started, got an assist, six points, and Darwin got six points as well, or well, that's unlikely, eight points over the two games. So you're minus, you've come out of it minus two down. But like Hood, that works out absolutely fine in the end anyway. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's only minus two, but. It's a because it's an extra minus four you're using rather than using up a free transfer. Ultimately, you're not losing a transfer technically because of it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you'll have the same number of transfers next week regardless. Um, so you wouldn't be using your free transfer next week to do that switch instead. Yeah, you can use a free transfer for something else. Uh, yeah, no, that, that was a. When did that? When oh yeah, that was FPL Zahar's question that came as a result of <laughs> went down a uh, rabbit hole. Yeah, well, Reese James might not. He's still obviously coming back. The fact that he wasn't in the squad after that game, and we've seen—I mean, how many times has James come come back and got injured straight away? And yeah. they've just—they've used him too quickly. Now, I don't, I don't doubt that he'll start this game, but you just don't know if the plan is or is still for, for around the sixty-minute sub, you know. And if <clears throat> so, you you could end up with a one-pointer from James there quite comfortably. Um, he's a good example of like how different players who like use analytic analytics and use FPL review models etc he's got an example of a player how we all come to different conclusions because we all have like really just readers minutes and how it are willing to take different risks than how injury prone he is etc depending on your playing style like for me i just don't want to go near him anymore at all no i mean he's up there with my favorite yeah. players of all time he, he didn't yeah. he didn't troll me i got james and chilwell like very early on last season like literally so, yeah. as soon as they started <laughs> and they they both scored in like every game for about three or yeah. four weeks it was mental game week um, nine Remember that famous game week nine? I don't, I don't know. No, I can't even remember what happened. That was, that was the one where um, they won seven 0 but Havertz didn't do anything. Oh yeah, okay, right. Yeah, but there were James also. I think he's got two assists and a clean sheet or something in that game. Um, I think he did well. I captain Chilwell in that game. So I remember everyone was having the well, the Salah versus um, they were having the Salah versus Havertz debate, weren't they? And Salah went off and Havertz did nothing in a seven 0 but it never really touched me because I captain Chilwell, who got a clean sheet and a goal, but still didn't yeah. score as much as Salah. So I was still down overall. <laughs> Imagine that. I, I got really, I, that was like the start of my like ridiculous luck last season that game week. Because I like I uh, I captain Salah, which is like fine. I don't know what I would have done if I had Havertz. Maybe I'd have captain Havertz. I don't know. I didn't really have to think it through, but it was close. 
Mm. Um, but because I wildcarded like a week earlier, it was before Lukaku was injured, and I wanted to play if that Norris fixture, so I'd mount. And so I didn't have the option to get in Havertz because I didn't need to sell Lukaku. Cause I, or because I think everyone got Havertz because Lukaku was injured, so you know Havertz was going to play as a striker. It wasn't an option for me. And then Mount scored three and got an assist. He got I the same always knew it was all luck. I always knew it was all luck. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, John Harris is saying he's holding the wild card for game week 33 to maximise the bench boost chip in 34. Too long to wait. Um, I don't think it is. I mean, it's going to be team dependent. You know, like we've already mentioned, if you can wild card earlier and you think you can get a better benefit over this, like torrid double game week and, and blank weeks, then then fine. But I think um, that's enough. That's enough weeks for it to make an impact. You know, that's what? How many is that? Five five weeks, solid weeks, and they're doubles as well. So it's not really five. It's more like six or seven weeks for some teams who end up double doubling. And we've already mentioned it that the teams that double in thirty four, a lot of them will also double in 37 so yeah yeah, I think it's really really strong it's also the fact that the teams that are what likely to double the Suns like Man City and Spurs where I think certainly in City's case the fact they blank probably in 32 and then they're playing Spurs and we might have sold Haaland or even if he's just been benched at that point or not have any other City um, you know you're suddenly given the opportunity to load up on teams that you probably don't have players from yeah so yes I think it's fine. I think it's absolutely fine. Yep, I think that's fine. There's a question above that as well from Wing L. I'm thinking of using my two free transfers to get Salah and Gappo for Mares and KDB. Is that a good move? Uh, keeping sure and is that a good move? Keeping sure and Kane, minimizing risk in game week 28. Um, I personally, hate I, I hate that phrase, minimizing risk. I hate it. <laughs> Why do you hate it? Because he's keeping. He, uh, he's keeping Shaw and Kane, minimising risk. So the way I read that is because Shaw and Kane are well-owned, so he doesn't want to have rank volatility because he knows that those are really high-owned players, and if they do well, his rank's likely to suffer. So I, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, wing. Um, mm. But that's what I take that phrase to mean, and I would never play the game in that way. To my detriment sometimes, yes, but I can't just keep players because I think everyone else owns them. I'll always try to get a player I think gets more points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. And also, well, you said particularly in game week 28, but there's just as much chance that Shaw and Spurs won't play in 28 as well. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but either way, I prefer I prefer Kane to Darwin than I do Mares to Gakpo, um, just because I think they're both minutes risks, but I'd be way more confident in Darwin starting both games than I would do Gakpo personally, uh, yeah. partly because Dar- Darwin's playing on the left wing now. Um, and so Jota and Firmino come in more naturally, centrally. And also Gapo didn't play for the club before Jota and Firmino were there. Um, so we don't know. I, I don't know if he's been bought to be first choice at all. Uh, he's not really set the world light since he's been there. I think he's been like, okay. Scored a couple of goals recently. He's got, he's, feel... he's got better recently in his general play, Gakpo. But I don't think there's any there's any doubt that the fact that Jota and Firmino have been fantastic players for Liverpool whenever they've been fit and available, that he's at risk. Like, he could quite easily play both the games, yes, because they are only just back. But yeah, but I think even even the fact that when he's played, he's generally come off early. Um, yeah. And I know Darwin has as well quite a lot of the times, but he's not generating Darwin-like numbers. It's nowhere near. So I don't really like Gak. But I think it's fine for the double. Like, I, I think it's absolutely fine to just have take a punt on him. And then maybe afterwards, I just think it will be a bit of a problem. So it just depends whether you plan to fix that 
and how quickly. But aside from that, that's the reason why he's ruled out for me because I just haven't got the option to just bring in a player like that where I think he'll probably become a problem afterwards and may even be a problem in the double. So yeah. I really don't like Gakpo. Yeah, yeah, same. I'd much prefer going for Darwin as the your third Liverpool player. And um, Wings just clarifying saying that he meant there'd be too many blank players playing in 28. I would just check that though because keeping Shaw and Kane again, there's a good chance, just as much chance that they blank in 28 as well. Uh, I think. So I would just double, I would double, double check that. But that's a, yeah, it's a good, good question. And I was like, Mark Gapo was one player I was uh, considering at one point. But since I chatted to uh, a couple of Liverpool fans, which is very easy to do when you live in Liverpool, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, a lot of people just when I, when I asked people, they were they were yeah way more confident that Darwin Darwin was going to keep starting, uh, would start the next two in comparison to to Gapo because you, you could argue that Darwin's more important, therefore he's more likely to be rested. For the Champions League, but actually the league is so important for Liverpool. Uh, I'm sticking our three goals down in the Champions League. It's not like it's a lost cause um, either. Yeah, no, uh, I'm saying don't forget the rest of the Twitter questions. We won't, we won't. We'll work through them. We'll work through them. We'll yeah, get there, yeah. I think the front, I think the best front three for me at the moment would be Darwin left, Jota through the middle, who I think is fantastic at that, to be honest with you, and Salah on the right. However, at the moment, given the fact that if you play that front line with Liverpool's midfield, I don't think Jota helps out the midfield that much. So therefore, Firmino does a far better job than that. We know that in the past from his dropping deep. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, they're reluctant to use that front line just because of how open it would potentially leave them, which they've been doing yeah. all season, to be fair. So I might just be being crazy. But to, <laughs> to me, playing Firmino as the front man who will drop in and then Darwin and Salah you know, being essentially like Mane and Salah, who's scoring the goals and coming in from the from the wings, makes more sense considering yeah. their, their midfield three. But you know, I'm not Klopp and... I do prefer Jota in general if they had a more stable team. Yeah, I would, you can't rule out the chance of four of them playing either. Like that's possible. They did. They've done that this season as well a few just times. Scrap the midfield entirely and just play nine strikers, <laughs> like Pep said. I think yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but they played like that four-two-three-one yeah, yeah. in previous seasons. In that game where they beat Bournemouth nine-nil this season, I think that Firmino, Jota, Diaz, and Salah played off the top of my head. I could be wrong, but it's, it's happened this season, so that's possible. But yeah, I would be way more confident in Darwin and Trent as your third Liverpool. Uh, third or second or third Liverpool rather than Gakpo. I still don't um, fully understand Wing's question. He's saying taking Mara's out is one less worry about blank players. Do you mean in 28? Because like, like Sam says, if you're taking Mara's out for Gakpo, then he's, you know, he's still quite likely to blank in that week as well, depending on the FA yeah. Cup game. So that's what would you just mean not turning up in any random week? Because then that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. True. <clears throat> yeah. In general, like then getting a blank is more likely, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gapo Trent plus Darwin can cover Salah. Yeah, so uh, question from Mahanad El Sahabi. Basically, can Gapo Trent and Darwin cover Salah? Please don't forget the rest of those questions. Um, can they cover Salah? Um, no would be my like short answer to that. Uh, in general, I don't like the idea of players covering other players. I think that there's some logic to it when it comes to defenders because they ultimately get the same clean sheet together. So if you're trying to, like, covering clean sheet points is definitely a thing. But again, like, not a reason to buy a player in the sense that uh, if you think a player from a different team is going to get more points, you should go for them mm. rather than go for a defender from a team just because another defender you don't own is highly owned uh, and plays for the same team. Um, and so for, for attackers particularly, like, they all have completely different attacking outputs. I get it in the sense that if they were to win, like, both games 4 and 5-0, you want to make sure you have some players. So if you predict that Liverpool will win those games four or five nil, I get that you might want to cover points. But again, if that is the situation, then you definitely want to have Salah. 
because the chances of him being involved are so much higher. So, uh, but that, I don't like the concept of like trying to cover players. But no. in general, I would say no. I think Salah's. E- I think he's easily the best uh, captain option this week. Yeah, uh, I think it's separating yeah. the decision from the outcome again, isn't it? Because can they can he cover him? Well, yeah, because it, in any given week, any random thing could happen. Saka could go mental. Presumably, you might captain him instead. Saka outscores Salah massively as captain. Gakpo gets one goal. It ends up covering beautifully, and it's absolutely fine. Um, yeah. But that's football. Anything can happen on any random week. Um, and I, you know, covering Gakpo, uh, covering Salah, sorry, with Gakpo before a ball is kicked, I don't like that at all. I just think yeah. that it's more likely that Salah outscores that comfortably. But I, I, okay. it's team dependent, right? If you if you literally cannot get to Salah and it's taking you multiple hits and you think you can just get by for one week with that, then it's not. You know, it's not the worst decision in the world by any means. Like I say, Saka's a perfectly viable captain this week. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, like I, yeah. As always, while we're on it, like in terms of captaincy, it's just those two for me, Saka and Salah. I think yeah. even with like Darwin's a great option this week, but again, I would be too nervous about his minutes to captain him. Um, like Darwin and Trent, for example, could easily outscore Salah. Like that can happen, but in terms of captaincy, Salah and Saka are like comfortably ahead of anyone. So I think in general you want to also just make sure you own them both. Mm. Um, and for me, uh, captain, I would I would captain Salah. I think he's not miles ahead, but I think he's comfortably ahead of Saka, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll be on Salah almost certainly. Yeah. I won't be surprised if Saka outscores him. Of course not. But no. Yeah. Hi, Flapjack. He's joined us as well. Have you got the other uh, Twitter questions there? Maybe Flapjack's put one in. <laughs> you still got time if you haven't, mate. Yeah, it's a very serious one, I'd imagine. Um, uh, let's have a look. Is, sell, is selling Trippier for TA? Yep, selling. No, is selling Trippier for TA worth it if you're looking to bring him back in a couple of game weeks with a Brighton midfielder? I think like it's definitely like we've already touched on it slightly. Like it's good that Newcastle have the double in 29, um, and it's good that he doesn't blank in 28. Trippier, oh, sorry, does he blank in 28? No, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So I think if you can hold him, that's a good thing. But if selling him allows you to get Trent, for example. And you know it's likely you're gonna free hit in 28, for example, where you'd probably you'd probably own him for that week anyway. Um, like I, I think it's fine to sell Trippier for a lot of people this week, but he's nice to hold if you can. Basically, it depends. It's very team dependent. And if you do sell him again, you don't feel like you have to suddenly get him back either. There might be there probably be other higher priority players in 27. Um, for example, you'd probably rather have a Brighton or a Brentford defender in 27, like an additional one, rather than Trippier back for that week. Um, as well, to keep you good, I'm going to free hit when Trippier plays Forest. That would be my answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably holding just because I've got too many other people that I have to get rid of that are higher priority, like Shaw and people like that. Um, but you know, if you're in such a position where you can you can remove him and comfortably get him back, then that's fine. Especially if you are free hitting in 28. Yeah, I agree because there's other defense. Oh. I mean, you're not, you don't want to play him away to Man City, do you? There's other there's other defenders in 27 potentially from Brentford and Brighton. Um, that are yeah, I, mean, I, I can comfortably say I won't be selling him. No, uh, but that is because I do not own him. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Dan Parsons says. I need to get a cheaper and better keeper than Edison for 25 to 29. Please advise. Scott Carson, 20... he's better. <laughs> yeah, literally anyone. <laughs> yeah, just get the darts out and throw it. Um, 
What's which is what say that again from 29? It's, it's, it's specifically for 25 to 21 to 29, so maybe Dan's wild card in 30 or something like that. Maybe that works well for his team. Mm. Um, I'm not sure, but 25 to 29, who's the best keeper? You need to know the uh, chip strategies, don't you? But it, it, it's rare if you're free hitting in 28 and you can get away with 25 if you've got another person. That's my yeah. answer, but if that's not the case, um, it's probably Pickford from now because he plays the double when he plays all the way through it. Yeah, or Sanchez. The one thing I'd be wary of is Sanchez, particularly if you've already got Dunk, for example, is you might want like two Brighton attackers. So think about who it kind of rules you out of getting. Whereas with Raya um, and with Pickford, you're not really going to be concerned with them having, you know, there's not going to be a problem where you want four Everton players. And with Brentford, like, I just think Tony's the priority, really. I think that's more likely to be the case with Brighton. Um, so yeah, I would I would say Raya actually. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think in fact, I think probably, Pickford two Raya is the move. You get Pickford this week, he plays the double, uh, he plays Forest, and then you bring in Raya in twenty seven for him. Even if it's I mean, it, even if it's for a hit, potentially it works out well. Assuming you're free hitting in twenty eight and they're not playing. I don't know. I don't. I don't like that. I think if I, he uses up a transfer and even for a hit, I don't know. Four points is like that's a clean sheet, isn't it? I would just. If you've got it's only a second, two in a double, Sam. Come on, keep up. <laughs> but I think if you've got two, if you've got if your second keeper is Ward and he plays in twenty five, then just then just go straight to Raya. That's basically what I think. Uh, rather than switching between the two, I'd go straight to Raya. Luke, Luke reckons Pickford then Raya in twenty seven. No, no, I said right at the start. If you've got cover for twenty five, then go to Raya now. If you haven't, okay. then go Pickford then Raya. Sure. I guess most people will, though, just because of Ward. I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, so painful. I had him from game week one, he did nothing, and then I sold him just as he went on that random run of getting I just never owned him, which ended up being a worse decision, I think, than... For, like, five game weeks, he was ridiculous, wasn't he? He just kept getting, like, ten-pointers. Yeah, was it longer? Was it, like, seven games, wasn't it? Or clean oh, sheets probably. in a row or something? I probably, yeah, probably. I think, it, I think it was. It was something, someone remind us. It was something like seven or eight weeks. I don't think it was five. Mental. It might just be you got points in all those weeks, but I'm pretty sure it was something stupid like seven clean sheets. Um, yeah. Uh, another question, or are we good? Yeah, we've got loads of questions this week, actually. Oh, God. We're uh, like uh, an hour and ten in, so fire through them, Sam. <laughs> yeah. When will the Panorama documentary be released? Be released, which shows that it's Alex Awobi who built FPL Review. <laughs> Basically, FPL review loves Alex Awobi, but I think again, it's what we've been over before. It's because he got a double, and he's got some attacking threat. It love it loves that high expected minutes. That's why he hasn't got any and attacking evidence, threat. Yeah. Don't don't even try that. He hasn't got any attacking threat whatsoever. You know, he, know if... he takes some corners. I think from the right hand side. So with Dyche, that is a, that's probably all of their attack. To be fair, so yeah, maybe I'll back down on that. But yeah, and he's he's got quite a few assists this season, hasn't he? Awobi has he? I mean, his yeah. assist the other day was was a joke it was the classic like sideways pass on the halfway line that someone scored from well I'm checking now but if it doesn't prove me right then I'm not going to mention it well I do know that I looked at his expected data and you can barely see the line on FBREF so <laughs> he's got he's got 3.4 expected assists this season <laughs> and 6 assists yeah and he takes some corners so that's just embarrassing 0.15 expected assists per 90 yeah he's not great <laughs> no he's not um um, anyway, need to get get through these questions. Um, Stefan says, "Are minus eights wise than when there's a chance of wildcard twenty six slash twenty seven could prove to be a good strategy after the FA Cup games? Would a hit for someone like Pickford for potentially one to two game weeks be worth it? For example, so basically, are 
it's less worth it now if you end up wildcarding in 27. Um, Potent- I would say that potentially, yeah, go on, yeah, you, potentially, you, you, you go. In general, that's definitely true. Like, if hits get made, you make up those hits over a longer period, and particularly because it uh, gains you extra transfers, because a hit doesn't use up one of your free transfers, it's just an additional thing. Um, so yeah, potentially, if you then wildcard in 26 or 27, more likely 27. Yeah, the chances are you get less out of that hit. But actually, there are a lot of hits because there's doubles this game week that will just pay off in one week as well. So I wouldn't be nervous for that reason about taking hits. No, I mean, my answer was going to be really simple. I'd go to review and I'd look at that expected value of that player. And if it's over four points, then the four points hit that you take means on average, you will probably benefit from that hit. (laughs) So don't be afraid, especially if it's a player who's not playing at all. You know, you're going from zero games to two. You have to get pretty damn unlucky to not benefit from from that hit and that's why yes it's it would be far better to not take the hit than we plenty of other people out there i guess who are in a the lovely position where they don't need to take that hit but in isolation just looking at your team it's better to go from zero expected value to 4.3 for a hit because you're gaining 0.3 so yeah i know that you always have to add on to that the long-term effects. You know, are you taking out a player that then you want to, ha- you know, you then have to transfer or bring in someone in, you are then going to have to transfer out. Absolutely. And that's what Sam's getting to, I guess. And, and you are with the wild card. But yeah, yeah, I think in general, their hits are fine this week. Going from zero players to two is one of the things I got told, like, cause obviously I'm, I'm learning analytics all the time. I'm trying to do my best to do so. Not an expert by any means, but, you know, Simon, analytical FPL, who does know his stuff. Um, it's one of the the very first things I learned from him is you know because I take a I have taken a lot of hits in the past is if you go from zero fixtures to two fixtures it's very hard to to not get value from that um, so he is a big advocate of basically don't take any hits ever but when it's a double game week go crazy and I think that's that's fine <laughs> I'll follow that advice yeah yeah so generally under they're undervalued. Uh, in double game weeks, but overvalued for the rest of the season, probably. Yeah, Tostiv's just said it in there. Sorry, it's a bit of a delay. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get out. It, it isn't just in isolation. You're right. You do have to consider a little bit after that. But yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, Wally AFC on Twitter. Uh, well, basically, he's in a similar position to you, Luke, where he's got five players who blank, but he also doesn't like his three Arsenal players. So he's going to wildcard or free hit. Which one would you do? I would just say, yeah, if, if that's best for your team, free hit this week. I wouldn't play your wild card this week. It restricts you too much with which players you can own. For example, you'd, you'd have no Brentford or Brighton players, most likely. You'll then want them soon. Uh, like, I, I think it's unlikely that wild card's the best move this week. I was going to say, I, until I cleared my review drafts, I actually looked at this as well, studiedly, the amount I've done, and it actually came out surprisingly pretty well. I think it was quite close to either free hit or wild card in this okay. week. Yeah, it wasn't. it wasn't the worst decision in the world because you can have a, a pretty good bench um i just didn't like it overall just because i of the things i mentioned wanting to use it later and stuff but yeah um yeah i was quite surprised put it that way that it came out comparably i think i'm with sam that i probably probably would use the free hit instead yeah the key thing is the review then wouldn't pick up a lot of the benefit in the wild card because it doesn't go as far as the last five or six yeah, game weeks exa- exactly we're having it later and also just the if you suddenly you can get crazy game weeks with suddenly three or four players get injured and the wildcard is just a really nice insurance for that as well. Mm-hmm. If you need to play it in, for example, 30 instead of 32 suddenly, or 30 instead of 33 or whatever. Um, Yala Leopard, what to do with Mares? play or take an additional minus four for Erdegaard, which would involve switching White to Trent. Yep, take the minus four. 
If you like to do, if you like to do white to Trent, and also you get Erdogan to Demaris, then yeah. Sorry, Trent instead of white. Um, yeah, Arsenal do double this week, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Sounds so I would, uh, yeah, I would definitely do Maris to Erdegaard for a minus four. Uh, even if Maris's plays, that could pay off. And whether I'd then use another minus four to do white to Trent, no, uh, probably not. Oh, but I guess we'd have to because it's three Arsenal, yeah. Um, yeah, I probably would. So I'm just trying to answer quickly just because of time. <laughs> yeah, he's doing that so he can he can change his Arsenal player, isn't he? I think like, Basically, yeah. So he might as well switch. I think that's fine. I, I will say, and I'll get onto it, I do easier. think Mahrez is quite likely to play this week. And obviously, he's a he's a fantastic asset when he plays and it's a good game. So it is fraught with danger. But um, you know, yeah. get, getting Trent essentially for a minus four and gaining extra fixture as well by switching your Arsenal player. And White potentially, I suppose, might not play both. I, I mean, it probably does, but he might yeah. not. So yeah, it's a, it's a yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go. We've got quite a few left, so let's just go quick fire. Paul Willis, who to captain Salah or Saka or possibly Nketiah? Uh, Salah. We've already discussed why actually. Yes. As well, so Sal- Paul, Salah for Paul's me. We're, sl- we're slaves to the EV. I think so. Salah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'd still go with Salah if I didn't know what review was. So my only so way, I think, yeah. <laughs> my only way to get Salah without too many unnecessary hits. And selling Rashford is for KDB. I don't know Mares. Selling is a full selling a fully rested or assuming fit KDB. Oh, well, we, this question's irrelevant now because we know KDB is not available. So Ginger Messi, who wants to ask that question, is already aware of that. What do you mean he's not available? He's ill, isn't he, De Bruyne? No, he was, he was ill for the Champions League game, but he's he's not necessarily out for this week. Sure, sure, but it's less likely he's available. Yeah, yeah. He's, sorry, he's not necessarily out. That's true. But in general, I would happily sell De Bruyne for seller anyway. Skip the Man City ones because I'm going to move on to Man City anyway at the end. Okay, yeah. Why does everyone seem to have Tarkovsky instead of Mikolenko? I think that's because despite Tarkovsky being a centre back, he still has more attacking threat than Mikolenko, and also he's slightly cheaper. Yeah, Mikolenko is shite as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's just what Sam said. It's just the fact that he's 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 a set piece monster, isn't he? I don't think there's anything more than that in it. Would you yeah. say, would you say he's more nailed? I don't think the Everton have really particularly even got another player who could play at left back have there. I can't even keep up to date um, with the squad anymore. Um, uh, I think they put on his, hasn't Awobi played as a wing back on that side I before. Think he has in the past, but that's when Lampard was on crack. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's simply the set piece threat. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, Sigma FPL already have Darwin and Haaland. Can't afford Kane. Need another striker for this week only. So I think that's someone who's selling Mitrovic. Who would you recommend? I would recommend Ollie Watkins. Uh, he only has a single this week, but there just aren't many other good strikers that have a double, unfortunately, this game week. And also he plays in every... He doesn't have a blank game week, basically, until the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I've got two other options. I like Watkins if... I think Watkins is absolutely fine, but he's a little bit more, isn't he? Isn't he 7 point... He's 7, seven, I think. Seven, no, 7.2, I think. Yeah, 7.2, so not 7.3. everyone can necessarily go up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in that position where I couldn't get him. So and and Felix is another option, isn't he? Where you could look at who's similar, I guess. Um, the the fixture layout for both Watkins and uh, Felix is is similar in terms of all the games that they play in Dublin potentially. It's only thirty two, yeah. I think. Where Villa definitely play and Chelsea probably don't. Um, yeah. So other options around that price. I out of all the really cheap ones on review, and it comes out with all sorts. It comes out with like Cunha from Wolves and all sorts of people. I actually still think Morpai is okay. Like I know people will just <laughs> hate that move for some reason, but um, I think he's likely to play. 
the games. I think he's probably on penalties as well. Not that he's got a particularly good record for them. And he's got a double. So I think, yeah. especially if it's for one week or you can perma-bench him pretty much after that, then going to Morpai is not the worst decision in the world. I think you could easily luck out. You know, home to Aston Villa, penalties could get something easy there. I My slight sort of reservation is the fact that Sims has had a couple of minutes from him and I think a way to Arsenal, maybe you'll use someone who's more useful in the build-up, which I don't yeah. think Sims is particular, but at least he puts himself about and Morpai is just like a fart in the wind. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the slight worry. But I think he's at, he's at least consideration. And the other one's Brennan Johnson. I don't hear anyone talking about Brennan Johnson, probably for good reason, but um, he's been involved in eight of the last nine goals scored by Forrest. Um, if you like actual goals and numbers, his expected data is still poor. Like it's still not great. He's on penalties. <laughs> he plays ninety minutes every week. And to benefit, as you can see from Ben Krellin's thing there, I know it's away to West Ham this week, but I think the fixtures are okay. Home to Everton, Spurs, Newcastle. Then he's got a great double. So depending on how you're using your fixtures, Wolves and Leeds is the double. It's arguably one of the best doubles out of all the teams. And then he plays in thirty-two as well. So he plays Villa, Man United, Liverpool, Brighton after that. Fixtures are middling, but it's just the fact that he's another player who is going to play all across the blanks and is cheap enough to go to. So I don't mind yeah. it. I think that's fine. Yeah, they're all very good suggestions. Um, I guess because I can afford Watkins, I hadn't really thought them through as yeah, much. Yeah, I think I'd go for Watkins if I if I had the option, but some, yeah, some people yeah. definitely don't. They're scrapping around in the barrel yeah. for the likes of Cunha and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I've skipped past the three Man City. So if you've not heard your question read out, it's probably because it involves Man City. Um, Man City. Yep, Man City. Best cheap defender who isn't Tarkovsky for this game week. For this game week only. Um, How cheap are we if, talking? Yeah, because if you're talking just like Ben, Ben White's the obvious one. That's like you probably consider still as cheap. Yeah, um, people just assume people have got three Arsenal, I guess, and forget that. Exactly. Uh, so I guess like Kilman. Uh, yeah. Nikolenko. No. <laughs> I mean, just slugged him off. <laughs> but like, but like, no, basically, Everton and Wolves defenders, I guess, is your only option. Yeah, I mean, if, it's just, could, if it's just for this week. You could go Matip. I don't know if that's cheap enough. He's five something, isn't he? Sure. Gomez got injured. I don't think that's yeah. cheap enough for what he's probably thinking of. And he may have three Liverpool, but I don't think Matip sure. would be the worst because Canate's injured and it looks like Gomez is as well. So if you can't. Oh, really? I knew he was injured. I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah, he went off with like a muscle thing, didn't he? I'd be surprised to see yeah. him given his record. I think I think Matip will probably play both the games, and he has got an aerial threat, Matip. So, yeah, if you can't afford some of the bigger Liverpool players, I don't, th especially if it's for one week. My my thing with Matip is after that, we don't know how nailed he is. He's right; he's been pretty poor, and he's obviously injury prone. But I think for one week, he'd get away with it. But he's he's a little bit more expensive, so I'll go with um, what you said. It's going to be a Wolves defender, isn't it? Unfortunately, I think probably Kilman. Yeah, Dawson is much more exciting, but can we say he plays two? I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know the Wolves' defense well enough to recommend on that. I've seen a lot of people say that Collins and Dawson are more likely to rotate, and Kilman's more nailed. But then Wolves fans saying Kilman's not been playing well, and it just that's the reason I've just not looked at it because of that that slight doubt. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Same. What I said before. Samedo, I guess he's going to play. If he's if he's not too expensive, then Samedo would be all right. Because Kil yeah. Kilman, um, sorry, Eight Nori and uh, Bueno are going to potentially play one game, aren't they, each? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Saka or Salah without <laughs> without nostalgia, Salah bias. Um, Salah. <laughs> it's no nostalgia bias, my friend. <laughs> it's none of that going on. It's career level 
ridiculously high-level XGI. And while Saka is still potentially on the up, he's ne- I don't think he's ever, well, certainly so far in his career, met the numbers that Salah's making even in his worst seasons. So let's, yeah. let's quash that historical stuff right now. There's a question from Dan Parsons that you've already answered on Twitter about using data that's conceded down each side of the pitch. So if you want to see the answer to that, go to our Twitter. Uh, Reese James to TA minus four, is it worth it? Have we actually already, I think we've asked that, answered that question already. Oh, it was Zahar. He just asked it in the chat as well as on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we think that's worth it. Um, shorter Robbo, worth it for a minus four. Um, yeah. Again, you're taking out a player, you're probably going to get the four points back just in appearance points. I think so. There's a slight doubt around him and, and Simicast maybe getting one because we've seen that happen in the past. Yeah. I don't I think. Even, yeah. I don't I think, think it will happen, but it it could do, right? I suppose it could do. Yeah, and even if it does, I think even if he knew that was going to happen, like it's still close. Because again, you, you presume Robbo comes on, that's one point game back. Mm. So he just needs, if he just plays more than 60 minutes in the first game, worst case scenario, you're down by one point. So Yeah, I think with, with, with Klopp in particular, I suppose it's worth addressing just especially the nature of your job. He very much seems to, and it's been well documented, work on this traffic light system, doesn't he? Where So it... <laughs> So if the medics tell them that Robertson needs a nest, then he will rest him. That's the worry. But I, I'm not sure it'll be that... that you know, we, we don't know, ultimately. But um, I can't see why there'll be a tactical reason to do it, especially the way Liverpool are playing at the moment. I think he wants all his best players on the pitch as much as he can. It's not like other other seasons, I think, where he could maybe bring Simicass in for Robertson and it wouldn't have had too much of a negative impact across the team. It feels like... Klopp has to try and get his team, his best team on the pitch and try and win every single game at the moment. So I don't know whether that's a little bit of you know, just nonsense or bias theory that I'm throwing out there, but it, it, no, feels, it feels like it would be brave to drop Robertson for Simicast at this point in time unless the medics just say, look, he just can't play, which I don't, yeah. I don't think is the case. But if that happens from a sports science team uh, with when there's not an actual injury, it's kind of like a bit of a luxury to be able to do that in the sense that certain teams will do it more if they've got a bigger squad or they've got less competitions to think about. Mm. Whereas for Liverpool, they've probably not got that luxury as much this year. There's a bit more, there'll be a bit more pressure on just to play their best players every week, I would imagine, from yeah. coaches. Fair so, point. Yeah, so do it. Shorter, Robbo. Yeah, I would do it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've only got two more on Twitter, and then we can go on to Man City stuff. Um, who do you bring in? My defence is currently Ake, Patterson and Tarkovsky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> such a generic question. Well, I guess the key thing is maybe remove Patterson for one of the cheap defenders we've mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, you need to know how much money you've got in the bank as well. Yeah, it's a tricky one to answer. But, yeah, it might be that you sell a, a more expensive player in another position and that allows you to get Alexander-Arnold, which is the obvious uh, player instead. Because um, you've already got Tarkovsky, it's a bit more tricky. Um, yeah, I, I guess in that position, maybe you end up holding FK, but Luke will speak, speak, up, speak about that in a bit. That was from Owen Healy. Uh, the last question says, what does the term dead end actually mean? That was a good question. Um, do you want to answer that, Luke? Yeah. Was, in, was, in, was, that, was that a pre-done Twitter question or was that because I said it during this chat? No, no, it was pre- that was five hours ago from Sabosaged oh, okay. on Twitter. Um, yeah. What does yeah. the term dead end So, as in like dead, dead ending your team? Yeah. Game week? Um, it's pretty much just because you you don't need to consider any game weeks beyond that point for some reason. Now that that's probably going to be because you're going to wild card from that point. That's the usual scenario, right? So you yeah. dead end your team into twenty eight, only focusing on the next four, three or four weeks or whatever it is, and then um, you use your wild card in twenty nine. So you don't have to consider at all anything past that dead end. That's pretty much it. 
Yeah, and it's basically you're probably more likely to take, uh, you're more likely to do moves that might look a bit riskier because it might be removing a really good player, but actually it's not that risky because you know you're going to get them back in like two weeks, for example, because mm-hmm. you know exactly when you're going to wild. It's about knowing when you're going to wildcard in advance, basically. Mm-hmm. You can make um, short-term but, moves, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but um, thanks everyone for all the questions. There's absolutely loads there. I appreciate it. Um, Luke, do you want to just touch on Man City to to finish? Yes, I flicked over the graphic. I don't know if everyone in here will have seen, but if you go to my, if you do follow me on Twitter, then um, at Fantasy Football Scout or no, sorry, FF Scout underscore Luke, I put a, a thread on this the other day. Um, this isn't necessarily the lineup that I think will start Bournemouth, so I will get to that. But you should have two teams on your screen there. Um, if you're on the pod, then obviously tune into YouTube afterwards and you can have a look. But I have put it on that thread as well. The team on the left is pretty much the team I would expect to see from Pep. Is essentially his first team, not that there is much of a thing, when all players are available and he's playing this setup, which has been his go-to setup for most of the season. There's no guarantee he stays with this setup and he, he will on occasion change it, like he played a flat four versus um, uh, Leipzig the other night. So he will change it every now and then. But the go-to we have seen consistently is this whole 3-2-2-3 setup. So the one on the team on the left is pretty much the first choice player in, in, in every position um, in, in most scenarios. So when I'm doing my predictions, that's the team I put in as default. And then I think, right, is there any reason why I should change one of these players for someone else? So I'm going to assume the shape is like this for most games. You know, Maybe I'll consider that. It, it will change and then if I, I think it won't change then I look at that I look at this team and I think right is there any reason to, to drop any of these players now it's well documented with Laporte and Ake and I've been saying it for a while and the reason why I said not to get Ake despite Cancelo going was the fact that um, you know when it comes to the tougher games he wants to use Ake in the box and he wants to do, use Laporte for build up better on the ball um, so yeah there'll be some games where you know like Arsenal Ake is an obvious player that would come in but I think in a game like Bournemouth, Laporte is far more likely to play because build-up... To me, it's similar to the Forest and the Wolves game where Laporte played over Ake both times. And if someone can tell me that they think Forrest, he's going to need defending in the box a lot more, then fine. That's the whole thing here. We're guessing we're guessing around that. What does Pep think of that other team? That's always what I try to do with these scenarios. Um, and I, I I'm not as good as Pep. I don't know. You know, he, he knows that stuff better. And maybe you're better at understanding the other teams. That's all I'm trying to do all this time. So when I look at that, I personally think Laporte would be more favoured in that scenario. Now, we know he's sick, right? So that's the thing here. If Laporte is out, there's not really anyone else in the team who can play that role as well in this setup, the left-sided centre-back. So I would expect Ake will play. So unfortunately, until we get the press conference or it confirmed, which I don't know whether we will get, it's still a bit up in the air. I have to come from the point where I think Laporte is more likely to play tactically. So that's what I'd go for. Uh, Diaz and Stones obviously Stones is not available at the moment so Walker comes in in that spot um, Diaz as well in the centre has just been like pretty much a revelation so I can't see that changing I think in midfield um, there's an argument if we start moving away from tactical stuff and looking at fitness and the fact that they've played so many games close and there's been a lot of travel I think it's like four away games and Pep, Pep mentioned as well all the travel at the moment and everything and he has mentioned in the past that will cause him to rest players so could he rest players outside of tactics yes but we've got the cup a few days later. So I feel like in most scenarios, he will keep keep to the general team. He only sort of changed one or two names before the Champions League. And in general, he doesn't usually change names after the Champions League. So I think we can be fairly safe to say that Bernardo Silva and Rodri are probably going to be the two in the middle. There is an argument maybe Lewis comes in for Bernardo Silva. I can't see Philip starting over Rodri. can't see that. Sure. 
Yeah, so then we go to the eights, Gundogan and De Bruyne. I think that's fairly nailed, presuming De Bruyne's fit. If he's not fit, then we know that Alvarez usually plays that position. Um, the team on the right, by the way, is basically the first option in that spot. Uh, that caused a lot of confusion on Twitter. It's like people saying you've got two Fosens and you've got two Alvarez. Well, because Alvarez is the first backup for Haaland, he's also the first backup for De Bruyne. That's been shown all season. Fosens the first backup on the left and the right for either Grealish or Mares. I think Mares will play. I think he's fine. You know, he's he got his rest before the Champions League game. Um, I think when we're talking specifically, hopefully that's clear what I'm talking about. Look, there's people in the chat already saying two Fodens and two Alvarez's. <laughs> Just noticed that now. Yeah, that's the first backup on the right-hand side. Okay, so you could argue on the right-hand side, Bernardo Silva can also play on the right where Foden can. And you can argue also Foden can play where Bernardo Silva can in that eight <laughs> spot. But that's the general first option. It starts to get really confusing, doesn't it? So, so what you're saying is Foden and Alvarez will have a double game week. <laughs> no, no. So I think, right, if we talk about Bournemouth, if you look at the team on the left, I think it'll be the team on the left. I think Walker will play for Stones because he's not fit. I think that there is a small chance that Foden might come in for Grealish just simply because Grealish hasn't had a rest at any point. But I still think it's more likely that Foden plays midfield in the cup and Grealish just continues to play. So I think it'll be the team on the left with Walker for Stones. I think that's the most likely lineup. And I'll put a proper thread out after the after the press conference. Obviously, if you know De Bruyne and Laporte are still sick, then you know the obvious replacements because they're right there on the right hand side. Nice. Yeah, for anyone listening, I'd recommend looking at, looking at this on the YouTube or on yeah, because it's probably just a or mess on, Luke's, on, a, on a pod or, or on Luke's Twitter, just because it's really helpful. Like on the right hand side. The reason we're joking about two phones, two Alvarez's is because they're backups in two different positions. Yeah. So it's, it's quite a helpful way of visualising it. And I also, I also really like how um, everyone else is like, <laughs> you can see their whole, you can see their head, it's a headshot. But Rico Lewis, you can see his whole upper body and it makes it look like Rico Lewis is just tiny. Because <laughs> he's just like a little youngster. Yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't exist on the app. I had to like handmade it, make him, unfortunately. <laughs> he looks about seven, he looks about eight, year, eight years old anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, so hopefully that 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 is relatively clear. It's hard. It's hard to be clear with Man City, but I tried my best. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely do add on that, mate. You think it through way more than me, and way better than most. So yes, um, uh, sorry, I just want to see if they're saying three days later and people playing. Yeah, this is why people get themselves into a muddle with with Pep. If the player's fit and available, he doesn't really care about the three day thing. It's usually the pre Champions League big games he will drop rests. Outside of that, he won't. You can point to numerous numerous times players have played and then played three days later across many many seasons I mean Mahrez has played 12 out of 14 games since the World Cup came back um, you know there's players who just continuously play over and over in the past we've had Diaz play every game of the season I think virtually you know there's so many examples I can point to where you'd expect maybe a player will get a rest and he doesn't I think Foden played 17 games or 16 games in all competitions in a row last season at one point Um yeah, that's what gets people into a muddle. I'm not saying that that they couldn't rest because they need to, because they've had four away games and travel, absolutely. It's just that it's not the principal reason that he will use in most scenarios. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, great. Anything else you want to add on that, Luke, or anything else in general? No, if I had, if I, if people are worried about, I think the main one I've had for Man City the whole time from my DMs and just people messaging me is whether they think Mares will play. And I said, I think Mares probably will play. But as that thread, if you go to it, shows, you know, if he wants to bring Foden in for either of them, he can do. That's that's the risk with Mahrez. We know that. You've got like a, at the moment, I'd say like an 85% chance that he starts most games all the time. So it's just whether you're prepared to take that risk. 
Um, given the way he's performing and the, and the points he's returning, then I'd suggest that if you've got him, there's no particular need to sell him unless you, you know, we had that example where you move to Odegaard and gain extra fixtures and Trent or whatever, then fine. But other than that, I don't think you need to panic on him. Great. Um, yeah, I guess, well, thanks for listening, everyone. It's been a long one. Uh, about, yeah, needed, I guess, because of the amount of doubles and big, more decisions people are making at the moment. Um, but thanks everyone for tuning in. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I was just reading the chat at the same time. Yeah, that's probably the <laughs> longest one we've ever done. Yeah, I think, it, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Before it, we were like, oh, we don't know if we'll have enough to talk about, but more than enough. <laughs> yeah, rabbited on. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Again, I'll just mention if you could do the whole like, sub, comment thing, that would be greatly appreciated. But beyond all that, just sharing it, I guess, on Twitter and stuff, um, just sending it out there into the ether so people can uh, can learn about us and, and maybe watch us if they can be bothered, which is fair enough. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Catch Captain you guys